We'll be in the book of Philemon this morning. So it's a little harder to find. It's right before the book of Hebrews, Philemon in the New Testament. So uh, just before Hebrews, one page probably. Um, So thankful for the Lord, thankful for being able to come into his house to worship. Uh, It's a blessing, I'm telling you. Uh, to be able to come and, and come together, to assemble together, to uplift one another. Uh, but we'll be in Philemon. Uh, you can pick any chapter you want because there's only one. Uh, but we're going to start in verse 5. I'm so thankful for God's Word. And I'm thankful that God's Word is forever. You know, And not just is it going to last forever. It's just as good today as the day the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this. Amen. That, that's what blesses me. That's what separates one of the many things that separates this Bible from any other book in the world is every other book gets outdated. You know, if, you, uh, if you've ever read some older books and sometimes you laugh about the things that they talk about uh, because they're so uh, outdated, it doesn't even take very long, especially with the speed of technology and everything else, things quickly become outdated, but God's word will never be outdated. And I say, thank God for that. Uh, and I'm glad it's pure and preserved to every generation, including ours. Uh, so Philemon, uh, verse five is where we're going to start. It says this, hearing of the love, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love because of the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, uh, brother. Wherefore, though I might uh, be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, Uh, Yet for love's sake, I rather beseech thee, being such a one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, who I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sinned again, uh, thou therefore receive him, that is mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly." For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever, Uh, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he have wronged, uh, if he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for its truth. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we dig into it this morning. Lord, open up our ears, our minds, our hearts, Lord, to get uh, uh, the truth out of your word for us today. Lord, challenge us today. And Lord, I pray that you'd convict hearts. Lord, we thank you for the convicting power that's still there. The Holy Spirit, I ask, would uh, not only convict, but help me to preach. Give me the unction. Lord, we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. And amen.
So Philemon lived in Colossae. Uh, that's in modern day Turkey today. That city's in ruins. It's gone. Uh, but in during the Roman Empire, slavery was very common. There were 60 million uh, slaves they were estimating. And uh, this story talks about Onesimus. Uh, and talks about Philemon. So Philemon is the slave owner. Uh, that's who Paul is, is writing to. And Onesimus is one of his slaves. He ran away. He went to Rome. Uh, and when he was in Rome running away, you think about in this large capital city, he runs into Paul in prison. You know, that's just a coincidence, right? You know, uh, that that happened. But Paul leads him to the Lord there in Rome in prison. Uh, and then uh, he had actually previously let Phi led Philemon to the Lord. So we see uh, Paul's uh, ability to lead people to Jesus Christ. And uh, so he's writing this short letter, Paul is, because he's sending Onesimus back to Philemon with this letter. Uh, so in verse 2, it mentions after Philemon was saved, he started a church that met in his house. Uh, and that's really how the early church operated. You know, we didn't, they didn't have the buildings that we do today. Uh, and I've heard people use that as an excuse and say, well, I don't need to go to church. We'll just have church here in my house. Well, the difference is everyone met there. It was the whole, I mean, it'd be no different than if all of us, one of us would have to have a big house, but if all of us came together and worshiped together, it's just at a different location. That doesn't mean Philemon and his, uh, his, his wife and family, they just worshiped with themselves. No, they all came together in his house. But who was this Philemon? Who's this guy that Paul is writing to? Verse 5, 6, and 7 gives us a little insight. Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. So we see he's got a testimony of love and faith. And that, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. And we have great joy and consolation in the love because of the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee. So we see Philemon has a great testimony. He's faithful to the Lord. He's loving. Uh, he And in fact it says he refreshed the saints. He loved, I, uh, we see not only does he love the Lord, he loves other Christians, but his faith was real. They could see it. And in fact, I think when it says refresh thy bowels, I think what he's talking about is he's an encourager. He's saying, hey, uh, you know, he would uplift people kind of like Barnabas would, would be an encouragement. Have you ever met somebody that uh, another Christian where you're just excited to see them? I know there's some Christians, you see them and you're like, uh-oh, right? They're going to have some uh, story to tell me about how they're down and out and how everything's going wrong and nothing's going right and everything else. This is not Philemon. Philemon was someone who was a blessing. And you would see him coming. You'd see him walk into the church and you'd be excited about it. You'd say, he's here. Uh, we're going to get a, we're going to be blessed by him. But here's the thing. If you're a Christian... And you can't get along with any other Christians. That's a problem. Have you ever seen people like that? They'll, they'll go to one church for a little bit. And they'll jump to another church. And they'll jump to another church. I heard somebody say the other day. He was happy, he was kind of proclaiming it. He said, yeah, I, I'm a church hopper. And I'm thinking, why? Why? Is it because no church is good enough for you? I think the problem is you. That's a spiritual red flag right there. That's something you just say, hey, if I can't get along with any other Christians for an amount of time, I need to get on my knees and figure out why. Amen. But he's an encourager. He would have helped us serve the Lord if we would have met him. 
And they were a blessing to be around, but keep going. Paul starts to give a request in his letter in verse 8. Wherefore, though I might uh, be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I'd rather beseech ye, being as uh, one as Paul the aged and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So he's starting to ask him a favor. He's saying, I'm going to enjoin you. Uh, we don't use words like that, but he's, gonna, he's kind of saying, hey, I want to interject into this. And Paul gives him in verse 9 three different reasons why. He hasn't even given the request. He's just saying, I, I have a request. Uh, I'm going to boldly ask you this. In verse 9, why? First, he's saying, for love's sake. Right? He's strongly urging. That's what beseeching means in the Bible. Uh, for love's sake, I want you to do this. Uh, Philemon, I want you to do this because you love the Lord. Right? That's what he's saying. Uh, and you love his church. And really, that's the reason we should be doing anything, right? Amen. We should be doing it because we love the Lord. If you're serving, if you're singing, if you're uh, leading children, if you're even cleaning or mowing or anything that you're doing, if you're not doing it because you love the Lord, you're in trouble. Remember the church that left their, lost their first love, right? The Lord says you've got to do it because you love him. Not only that, he says, Paul then goes on and says, I'm aged. Now he's about, he's in his 60s at this time, and we wouldn't think that it's that old. But in that day, they didn't live as long as we did. He's saying, hey, I'm getting older. And then finally, the third reason, he says, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And you know, Paul mentions this several times. He's saying, hey, I, I am a prisoner. I, and it's not a prisoner of Rome. He's saying, I'm a prisoner because of serving Christ. And he's saying, hey, I'm glad to be a prisoner for Christ. He's, he's proclaiming it as a good thing. Verse 10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. So finally, he's mentioning Onesimus. Remember, this is Philemon's slave who ran away. And Paul is calling him my son because he led him to the Lord while he was in prison. And he's called other sons too. Remember Timothy, Titus, and others. He calls them sons in the faith. And then look what he says in 11, which in time past, this is Onesimus, uh, was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to, uh, and to me, whom I've sent again that thou for receive him that is mine own bowels. So Paul's saying, hey, Onesimus, he was unprofitable to you. Right, You spent money on him. You paid for him. Uh, uh, you bought him uh, as a slave. And, and his name, Onesimus, actually means profitable. So he's saying he's not even living up to his name. Right, He's not living up uh, to what you, he, you paid for him. He ran away from you. But now Paul's saying, hey, he's profitable now for both of us. He wasn't before, but now he is. And he says, thou... Therefore, receive him. That is mine own vows. He's saying, hey, Onesimus, that runaway slave, you receive him just the same way as if I were coming to your house. You receive him like you would receive me. And you think, why? Why would he do that? Why would Philemon do that? And Paul's trying to get across to him. He's saying, hey, we are brothers in Christ, all three of us now, Right? I, I, Paul's saying, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ, saved by Jesus Christ. You're saved by Jesus Christ. Onesimus is saved by Jesus Christ. We're all brothers in Christ. And that may not mean as much to us today, but the Roman law at that time, Onesimus would have been a much lower class. 
right? Paul and, and Philemon, they were Roman citizens. They were free. They, they had all the rights and everything else. But Paul's saying something that would have been shocking in that day. You treat him the same way you treat me. Here's the problem. This book has been used over and over again over time to defend slavery. And they say, well, here's the reason why. Philemon, or Paul doesn't tell Philemon to go to the governor and get the law changed or go to, uh, go to Caesar and get the law changed. So obviously the Bible's then for slavery, but they're missing the whole point. They're missing it. This Bible, like I said, is written for all times, all cultures, everything. And here's the sad truth over humanity. Uh, slavery has always existed. It still exists today. You may just not read about it, but there are parts of the world where there are slavery today. There are people that are slaves in our country. It doesn't seem the same way that we're used to in the, you know, in time past. But there, uh, you know, in different forms and in different ways, there's slavery going on today. And here's what's going on. He's saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's inspiring Paul to write this letter. And he's saying this. I don't care what the law says. I don't care what culture says is okay or not or what's normal or not. Here's how I want you to treat him. Amen. I don't care what the label is that Rome is saying he is. You will treat him like a brother and not any different. That was shocking. Right. This letter, sometimes we read it and say, well, no, that's not any big deal. This was a huge deal. You're going to treat if you're a Christian, you're going to treat that slave like a brother. That means loving them, treating them fairly, treating them as a real human being because Rome said they were basically property. Now look at verse 16. Uh, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me. How much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Those slave people under the Roman law had no personal rights and their masters could mistreat them. They could even kill them if they wanted to and it wouldn't, they were their property. A slave couldn't own any property. They couldn't legally marry in Rome. Uh, they couldn't do anything and it was very common. And in fact, if a slave ran away, a lot of times if they caught them, they would crucify them to make sure nobody else did it. And we read this and we struggle with it. But here's the thing. He's saying, hey, Onesimus deserved death right under the law. He reserved punishment. But Paul's saying you receive him. Don't you punish him and you treat him as a brother. And we get hung up with the label and slavery is bad. It's a sin. It's wrong. It's, I mean, that's easy. And they're thinking, well, wait, why is Paul sending him back? And we'll get to more of this. But I want you to stop and think about that. If Philemon treats him as a brother in Christ and loves him and cares for him the way you and I are supposed to love and care for each other, it will be better, and I hope you're sitting down, than a lot of our companies that we work for treat us. Amen? Right? You can use whatever label you want or not use whatever label you want. Most of our companies don't love us. Right? Try doing something wrong and see how much they love you. They'll drop you like that. Or the financials don't look right. They got to cut costs and see how quickly they'll drop you. They don't love you. He's saying, I don't, you love him like a brother. Amen? 
And this is what the Bible does that people miss out. See, they say, well, God is not good. He's not a good God. He's not a loving God because he didn't eradicate this. Listen, there weren't enough Christians in that day to outvote it. Amen. Just like a lot of things today, we can't go to the ballot box as Christians and outvote things anymore. Amen. Uh, if you don't remember this, not too long ago, you go to the exit over here and there wouldn't be any alcohol there. Yeah. Uh, times have changed, right? We can't keep that from on the in the ballot box from happening. But God says, I don't want you to do it in the ballot box. I want you to change your heart. Amen? That's how he's going to eradicate things like that is through changed hearts and lives. So he's a slave. He ran away and he says, receive him. In our society, what do they like to talk about today? marginalized people right that's their phrase they love saying and and what what can we do to help and everything else but you notice their solution for everything is just throw a whole bunch of money at it right and that'll magically fix everything has it fixed anything we were just talking about columbus and how great it is right all the money they're throwing at different projects and everything else and they just broke the record for murders in a 30-day period yeah, sounds like things are doing great. Sounds like a, a whole bunch of money's changing it. Sounds like all the different acronyms of new programs and everything's really working, isn't it? No, and it won't work. Why? Because at the base of it, if you don't change the problem, which is a hatred in men's heart, and replace it with the love that can only come from Jesus Christ, you will never get the results you're looking for. I don't care if it's slavery or anything else. It will never change. You put a different label on it. And it'll have some of the same characteristics. That's what's going on. He didn't tell Philemon to change the law. He told Philemon to change his heart. And it didn't matter. A Christian was never going to treat a slave like a slave ever again. He said, you go from being property to being a brother. And everything was drastically different. You realize the Bible in the Old Testament does the same thing with women too. Right? Women were, they weren't slaves, but they were just a level higher than that. Couldn't get into contracts, treated like property, mistreated by husbands and everything else. You think of how, uh, uh, and, and I've heard people say, well, the Bible doesn't do enough for women. The Bible said that husbands love your wives. That was shocking back then. It may not be as shocking now, but it was shocking in the Old Testament. What's the Bible do? It raises people up. Yeah. Amen? Amen. This culture, these laws, our, our government can't raise people up. Right. You know what they do to get equality? They bring people back yeah. to all the same low level. The Bible raises people up. Amen. It says bond or free, Jew, Greek, whatever, we're all the same under Jesus Christ. That's the equal footing is raising it up. In verses 13 and 14, and we're not going to read them again, but Paul, I believe, really wanted Onesimus to stay, is what he's saying. He was, Onesimus was helping Paul in his older years in prison, taking care of him. I don't know what exactly he was doing, but he was, he was serving Paul, uh, voluntarily serving him. And, and Paul wanted him to stay, but he would not do that without Philemon's permission. That's what he's saying. Look down to verse 18. This is a big one. If he, so this is Paul talking to Philemon about Onesimus. If Onesimus hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. 
I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have uh, joy in thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Verse 18, he's saying, hey, Onesimus, whatever he has cost you, Philemon, right? Whatever you paid for him, whatever some think that he stole on his way out, whatever he stole from you, whatever damages you've uh, uh, encountered, you know, the legal term, whatever cost, Paul is saying to Philemon, you put that on my account and I'll repay you. Wow. Remember Philemon, he looks up to Paul, right? Paul led him to the Lord. Paul helped him to show him how to start the church in his own house. And Paul's saying, hey, I'm sending him back. Now you receive him as a brother, but you're going to have to forgive everything that he's done against you. And Paul's saying, I'll repay it with my, he even wrote this with his own hand. He didn't use a scribe or someone that helped him to write for it. He wrote this part himself. Let me have joy of thee in the Lord. So let's look at the whole thing. Paul is saying this to Philemon in this letter. He's saying, I want you to receive Onesimus, the runaway slave. Receive him, love him, treat him like a brother, forgive him of all the debts and trespasses, free him, bless him, and let him come back to me so he can help me for the rest of my days. That's what he wanted. All of that in one letter. And you're thinking, my goodness. And there are some people that say that this letter didn't go far enough, right? God didn't have him go far enough. What more do you want him to do, right? What more do you want Philemon to do? We can't treat. We've got to go beyond equality. And he said, love him as a brother. No second class citizens, no matter the law, no matter the culture. So then we, we read a, a a letter like this, and sometimes we struggle because, again, like the, you know, slavery, we're in a different part, a different culture and legal system and everything. It is nothing like it has been in the past in our country or was in the Roman Empire. So sometimes we struggle. How do we apply this to us today? We don't own slaves. How do we apply this? I think there's a spiritual application as well, not just for slavery, but spiritually. Romans 6, 17, but God be thanked that ye were the servants or slaves of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. You know what the Bible's saying? You and I were all slaves to sin. Amen? We were all under, you know who our master was? The devil. That lying, deceiving, murderous devil, he was our master, right? We were a slave to him. We couldn't get away from him. Uh, and all we were doing, a slave to sin. And really, what is sin? It's going against God, doing something God doesn't want us to do. Or, or, or not doing things that God wants us to do in his word or his will. Every time we disobey God, every time we rebel against God, those are sins. And James 1.15 that when lust hath conceived and bringeth forth sin and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. And here's the thing. It's saying, hey, those lusts and not just the, uh, uh, the sexual desires, but any desires in our mind for sin. Uh, if we don't keep those in check and flee temptation, it leads us to sin. And then when we sin, that leads to death. And if you die without your sins, Forgiven by Jesus Christ, you'll be in hell for eternity. 
So if you go back to the story, what did Onesimus had wronged his master? He had run away and he deserved death. But Paul in verse 18 said, you put that on mine account. That should remind you of somebody, right? Isaiah 53, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and we've all, uh, and we've turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Aren't you glad that where Paul said, uh, put all the debts of Onesimus on my account and I'll repay I doubt Paul ever had to repay anything. But I'll tell you what, you and I, we built up a sin debt that we could not repay. Amen? We couldn't repay it. All we like sheep have gone astray. All of us have sinned against God and all those sins have been recorded. And that record, if we stood before Jesus in judgment without our sins forgiven, we would be in hell for eternity. And if we die right now, that's where we'd open our eyes. But aren't you glad all those sins were placed on Jesus Christ and he paid for them all with his body, with his life. He paid the full penalty of our sins, uh, the death penalty. And that's what God's justice required. Jesus was sinless. He didn't deserve death, but he chose to die for us by taking on our sins. The gospel is no simpler than in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Christ died for our sins. Aren't you glad he didn't stay dead? Amen. If he'd have stayed dead, we'd be in trouble. But he rose from the dead. He paid the price. It was accepted so we could be free from the slavery of sin. And here's the thing. I think everyone's saved here today, but maybe there's someone that'll watch this later or listen later. And those to those people, if you think you're living a free life, See, the devil wants to twist it around and say, as a Christian, you'll be giving up things. As a Christian, you won't be able to do things. And basically like saying, once you become a Christian, that instead of being free, you're in bondage as a Christian. That's the devil's lies. It's backwards. You don't realize that when you're a sinner, you're in bondage to sin. You can't get away from it. You can't get away from the devil and his lies and his deception and everything else. But I tell you what, you can get your sins forgiven and Jesus Christ will set you free and you'll have a new life. The chains will be gone and you will finally realize what it really means to be free. How do you get your sins forgiven? Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I'm glad a couple verses later in verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say for who, for just the Roman citizens that call upon the name of the Lord or just the Jew or just whatever social class you want to pick or whatever race. It says for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Aren't you glad God loved every one of us and he died for us so that way any of us can turn to him and ask him to save our soul. I say praise God for that. I remember the day he gave me a new life and at nine years old I realized what life 
life after being in bondage with sin was like. And you're thinking, Mike, you were just nine. I knew I was a sinner. And I knew if I died in that state without Jesus, I would split hell wide open. Just like the person that sinned their entire life against the Lord and ran from the Lord. Aren't you glad he saved me? He saved you. But here's the thing. You're trading masters, right? You go from serving that lying, deceiving, murderous devil to serving Jesus Christ. It's a whole different master. You know, the Bible still talks about us serving the Lord in the same slave terms. We don't like that, right? We don't like that in our culture. But again, we've traded masters. Our master loved us so much he died for us. Amen? And he still loves us. He's still interceding for us. He's preparing a place for us. And even more than a place for us, he wants us to be with him forever. That's the master we serve now. It's not even the same. It's nowhere near. To those who say the Bible is okay with slavery aren't even looking at the Bible. It's crazy. Paul sends him back. Why? Because Onesimus had wronged Philemon. Right? So Onesimus couldn't just walk away from that like nothing. And Paul was giving Philemon a chance to forgive Onesimus. Right? And after that would happen, they'd all be brothers. They'd be a blessing to one another. Onesimus could come back to Paul and bless him. And Philemon would be even more blessed Because he wouldn't have to worry about Onesimus anymore or be mad at Onesimus anymore or wondering if he'd find him anymore or grumble about anything. He'd say, you know what? He's saved now. He's a brother now. I'll pray for him now. And thank goodness he's helping take care of Paul now that Paul can continue to spread the gospel and I can continue in my house. That's That's what Jesus will do. Change the entire situation. It's not even as close. And I say, thank you, Lord. I'm sure Paul sent letters that we didn't get, we don't get to see today. And some would ask, why would he save this one? It was a personal letter from one to the other. So we could see what Jesus did on our account. Paul said, put that on my account. When you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, he takes that sin and puts it on his account. The great thing is he's got a credit on his account because he already paid for it. Amen. And the best part about it is I don't know why, but God takes the righteousness of Jesus Christ and replaces the sin that he's taken away and puts that on our account. And I don't understand that, but he loves us that much. That's the trade. And it's way better than serving the devil. It's way better than being deceived, thinking you're free out in this world. Have you seen the people that think they're free? They're a slave to sin. Amen. We need to pray for them. We need to intercede for them. We need to share the gospel for them before it's too late. I'm going to ask everyone to stand.